Um, we're going to continue on the, the to be or not to be attitudes this morning. Is that going to be all right with you? In my studies of this, I thought um, I would probably knock out four or five today. And yeah, that's not happening. The Lord's like, boom, why don't you just hang out here for a while? So I don't know when we're going to get done with the Beatitudes. It might be next year. No, I'm just teasing. Probably won't be that long. But um, we're going to hang out and, and uh, here for a while. But let's, let's just read from Matthew chapter 5, starting verse 3 till verse 12. It says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness or justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And God blesses those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you. Well, praise the Lord, because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. All right, so we are going to be on the second beatitude. Last, last week we went over the poor in spirit. Um, this week we're going to go over God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And that is such an exciting topic, um, mourning. Amen? But uh, it's very, very vital for this day and age. In my studies and looking at this, this is something that in our culture... We will do everything possible to avoid. And when someone does it right, we think there's something wrong. You know, we, going back in time, there, there would be, they would have things called awake. And people, there would be a, appropriate amounts of time set aside for mourning. And, and the Lord is in that. In Ecclesiastes, we know, we find that there's a season for everything. Amen. God has designed us that way. And there's a season for mourning. And he says right here, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's encouraging to me. So when we look at the word mourn, most of us have this idea, and it's, this isn't nothing new. It, it is the idea of extreme sadness. It is used concerning the loss or death of a close friend or relative. But the mourning that Jesus is speaking of specifically here has to do with the sorrow of repentance. Because we just went through the poor in spirit. Realizing our dependency on Christ. And once we come and, and realize the shape that we're in, that most of us were in, when we came to the Lord, there was, we were a mess. And whether you had a lot of money or you weren't a mess or you didn't think on the outside you were a mess, you were a mess. Because you were lost. You were on a one-way fast ticket, no matter what it looked like pretty on the outside, headed for hell. Because all of us were in the same boat of sin. And it's ugly. And it is, it's a cancer, and it will eat you up. And when you recognize that, and you recognize your sinfulness when you come before a holy God, which we just sang about, it causes you to shriek, and it causes you to shrink. And after you 
reach out, there's still a season of mourning, of remembering, of recognizing all the dumb things, or all the where you missed it, or I shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Right? So this is, this is an area where God says, you're blessed for mourning, for you will be comforted. So the first point, if you're taking notes, is God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's the verse. I want you to really focus on the will be comforted. That's a promise. Will be. In my notes, I said, wait for the Lord. Don't just jump right back in. When you're going through this time of mourning, wait for him to bless you. Wait for him to lift your head. So often we, we get uncomfortable with that and we, we don't want to wait. Or we feel, I got to get right back into this. Or I need to, I know I've ministered a lot with um, people in the jail and, and for many years. And, and I remember getting saved. As soon as I got saved, I was like, oh, I need to go like take on the world now. And, and I, I, okay, what can I do to go? And that's good. Like we should share our testimony. We should share our testimony. But there's a season that needs to happen of repentance, of recognizing where you fell short and, and evaluating the things that happened so that you can process that. It's the same way when you go through a death. There's all kinds of thoughts that come. There's all kinds of things that, that we have to rec get reconciled in our mind so that, that we can make sense of it all and, and look at the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and, and evaluate that and then go through that process and be healed. And then you're able to go forward healthy. Amen? So often in, in our culture, we don't want to mourn. We want to go from boom to boom. And positionally, thank God, we do that. Positionally, he go, we go from a mess to white as snow. To white as snow. But there's a heart matter. And that's I've learned in my walk with the Lord, Jesus is always concerned, and our Father is always concerned more with our heart than what's on the outside. We can put the paint on, and we can put the face on, and we can put the mask on and say, everything's good, I'm ready. But he knows our heart. And if we haven't allowed that heart an opportunity to mourn, you're not going to be healthy. How many of us have seen people who have, thank God, they've got radically saved, and then they jumped right in, or someone's like, that's awesome, you need to go do this right away. And then they struggle, they slip, and it, it's a big mess, and we wonder why. Well, the first step we looked at last week was the poor in spirit. This next part is that season of mourning. And there's no timetable to it. It's when he comes and says it's enough. He'll come and lift your head. God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. You need to wait on him. We hate to wait, or I hate to wait. I won't, I know you, none of you probably have a problem with waiting, but I do, okay? Who's like really, really good at waiting on the Lord? You're saying, man, if all the things I've mastered in my walk with the Lord, waiting on the Lord, pff, I could get an A in that. Nobody, okay, I don't feel as bad, because I'm like, I'm maybe working towards a B, maybe, maybe. I went from a solid F, so working towards a B is pretty good, um, but these B attitudes, um, I'm working on. We'll be comforted. We're a culture that will pay for happiness at any cost. 
We've been taught to do anything necessary to not feel pain. Yeah, when I was writing this, I was like, ooh. We are a culture that will pay for happiness at any cost, won't we? This is the things that look, isn't it so different than his way and the world's way? Remember last week I talked about that A side, the B attitudes, there's an A side and a B side, the world side and the B attitude side, the Lord's side. It is night and day difference. We've been taught to do anything necessary to not feel pain. Pain's not bad. It's not always fun, but it's not a bad thing. Pain gives us limitations. It shows us where we need to stop. It also is a feeling that we were made to feel. We've gotten really good at medicating pain. And I don't have to preach a long sermon on that. Every one of us could either look at yourself or look at someone really close in your own circle. And you've seen the results of that. And we are constantly, I mean, the biggest business, pharmaceuticals. It's not to heal you. Most of them aren't to heal you. It's to mask the pain. And when you go to any time, the first thing, where's your pain level? We have these little smiley face charts all the way to, hmm. <laughs> we can't have you, hmm. We've got to have you here. Well, what does morning look like? Does it look happy? No. Is there a season to mourn? So why would we try to medicate out of that? So that it can go further down the road when no one else is expecting you to be mourning and there's no sympathy. Then, am I crazy? Or is everyone else then going like, what the heck is wrong with you? That was five years ago. And now you got a problem. And it's a big old gorilla hanging on your back. That God never intended. That's not in my notes. Anything necessary. We'll do anything necessary to not feel pain. And I'm not just talking about physical, a relational. You've been hurt before. So that looks kind of like that. I'm not going nowhere near that. Even though the Lord's saying, this is where I want you to go. This is who I want you to hang. Nope. That church hurt me. That pastor hurt me. That person hurt me. I ain't going around them again. When there's correction, does it feel good? No. Is it needed? Yes. Is it good? No. Yes. yes. Amen. I'm glad you said that because you were just set up. <laughs> Second Corinthians, if you have your Bible, if you don't, we're going to have it on the screen. Um, Second Corinthians 7, 8, and 10. Now, how many knows the Apostle Paul was like a father to, I mean, he was a father to a bunch. I mean, churches all over Asia Minor. I mean, he loved people. But listen to the words he wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 7, 8, and 10. He says, I am not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you. 
Though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while. Now I am glad I sent it. Not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. So you were not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Or you could say, but worldly sorrow, which lacks mourning, leads to spiritual death. So what's godly sorrow look like and worldly sorrow look like? That's a fair question, wouldn't it? After looking at this, it was one of my questions I had. It's okay, well, what's godly sorrow look like? What's worldly sorrow look like? And I condensed it down to this. Worldly sorrow is really about us. Remember, we were just singing that song to those around me. Worldly sorrow is, man, I don't want to get caught. I might look like a fool. I don't want anyone else to see this. It's all outside the the world and me. Sorrow for that. Or sorrow that I got caught. Or sorrow that someone might see this. Does that make sense? Godly sorrow is you could care less about everyone else. You don't care about anyone else. It's, I've hurt you. I've sinned against you. I've dishonored you. And now I'm going to mourn because I don't want to hurt you, God. You've done so much in my life. You've healed so much. You've, I've hurt you. And that is what repentance and more, and you won't get to that part of repentance without that mourning. And then even after you repent, there's still a season of mourning, of realizing that I failed you. That's when people really find deliverance. And I could speak on this subject because I've been one who's needed deliverance. It wasn't until I quit worrying about the worldly sorrow and I got concerned about the godly sorrow that that heart changed. And then he began to lift my head. He began to cleanse my outer wounds and my inner wounds and heal me and strengthen me. Amen. How about you? Point two, God is the source of all comfort. It is so quiet in here, it's scary. (laughs) Thank you. It's like, man, I get nervous when it gets that quiet that long. I'm like, this is either good or, oh, not good at all. God is the source of all comfort. God is the source of all comfort. I love that word all. You know what it means? All. All encompassing. God is the source of all. I know where you're going, and yes, we're going there. That tends to say in my notes, I put this there is no other source. Okay, you're saying amen now. You're going to throw rocks at me in a minute, and it's okay. There is no other source, not your dog. Oh, rock's coming. Not your spouse. 
Well, if I just had the right person, this, this one isn't giving me any comfort. Not your prescription. Now, I'm not saying that there's not chemical needs. You hear me? There's times when people get to such a spot that they may need some chemicals that are, their body is not producing. That's different than, you know, I'm feeling a little blue today. Well, it's raining. <laughs> or, you know what? You're supposed to feel some of this for a season. It's called mourning. You don't need a prescription for that. It's quiet. I'm talking about comfort. I'm talking about comfort. Prescription don't bring you comfort. When you're an addict and you start running out, you feel like you need it. And once you get it, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's not comfort. Because you know what? You still know there's an end to this. And I'm going to go through this whole thing again. And as soon as you get it, you're thinking, when am I going to get the next? Why not? Am I speaking the truth? Yes. It's not your food. We even have comfort food. <laughs> it's comfort food. There's huge rocks coming now. I'm familiar with comfort food. I'm pretty comfortable. It's not a bottle. It's a lie. Southern comfort. I can speak on that one too. Not comfortable. It's not a weed. Well, I just need some comfort. I just need some peace. Don't ever call marijuana peace or comfort. It's not peace or comfort. It will calm you down. It will make you eat a tremendous amount of cheesecake. It will not bring you comfort. Your God is the source of all comfort. Your God is the source of all comfort. When Jesus was leaving the planet, he said, I must go. Can you imagine the level, what he, was, what he was giving us, the importance of the comforter? He's like, I must go so the comforter can come. Yes. He is the source of our comfort. There is no other source. That's not popular today. We want to find and search and we will read all that. He lives with you and in you. Talk to him. Hang out with him. Speak to him. He's there. It is his job. That's why he's called the comforter. He will also convict you. But how would you? I like conviction that comes with comfort. Right? I like teaching that comes with comfort. He's a comforter. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
I was laughing this morning. I was thinking, man, the Corinthian church, like, well, they're always getting a, they are getting the, the bad rap. But I thank God for the Corinthian church because they were like a real church. Like, we wouldn't have half the stuff we got from Paul without the Corinthians, right? I mean, some of the greatest stuff, like, we learn about love because of the Corinthian church. We learn about all these things that we're talking about today. Still talking about God's the source of all comfort. Chapter 1, 3 through 6 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of what? All comfort. He does what? Comforts us in what? All our troubles. There's a lot of alls going on. He's the Father and the source of what? All comfort. All troubles so that we can what? Comfort others. It's not just about us. It says, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. I want to stop. Now, what are we going to be able to give someone else when he hasn't been our source of comfort? A prescription. Oh, I'm serious. I'm talking to the church. Well, I went through that. Oh, yeah, take this. Oh, when I get in that spot, this is what I do. But you don't hear, I'm serious, you don't hear a bunch of people jumping right off the bat going, you know what? There's this verse. And when I was going through that, I meditated on this verse. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me through that. And then he led me to this other one. He's the source of comfort. And I'm not against doctors. I hope you hear me. Like, there's a time when your leg's broke. You need to get your leg fixed. Now, I'm going to pray that the comforter's with you. But someone's going to have to set that bone, and it's going to hurt. That doesn't mean you got to get a year subscription to painkillers. That pain's there. And you know what? It limits you. You go, oh, you know what? I shouldn't probably go out and run a marathon right now. Because you could be so numbed up that you're oh, I feel pretty good. I'm going to go back to work, go climb up on that roof, and get back at it. No. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Through who? Through Christ. It's not always about us, guys. There is a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. Early on in my Christian walk, there was a man who impacted me so heavily. He, I've, you've heard me talk about the Japanese missionary. His name was Donnell, and his wife was Vinda. He was like being around Jesus. Love exuded out of this man, like no one else I've ever been around. One other person, Bishop Natuka from Kenya, he was pretty close. I mean, it was like being with Jesus when you're around them. Love just, whew. 
he legitimately got prostate cancer while he was coming, and he was in his 80s, I think, at that time. He was coming to Teen Challenge to minister to us every week, a couple times a week, going to the jails, multiple jails in the Pajaro Valley, leading Bible studies and prayer times for, like, all of Santa Cruz and Watsonville and for modern. I mean, the guy was amazing. He gets prostate cancer, and he literally, and he wasn't putting nothing on. He, he, we're concerned for him. How are you doing, Donna? Oh, it's a joy. He's serious. He's not trying. Oh, it's a joy. I go, what? Oh, yeah, this is a great opportunity. He says, it's a great opportunity. Now I get to go into a whole new bunch of where there's a bunch of helpless people. They're, they're broken. They're distraught. Now I get to bring them comfort. And he begins to teach on this, this section of scripture. He said, I totally believe. He goes, I'm going to get healed. The Lord's going to heal me through this. He goes, but I'm going to be able to bring and minister to a bunch of people I would have never got to minister to before. And he's serious. He goes, this is awesome. And he'd go, he would get treated and come right from there and come and keep teaching. He never missed one. And guess what? He got healed. It wasn't about him. Now, I don't know. I wasn't with him 24-7, and, and I'm not saying he was like Superman. There was probably at some point he wasn't like they gave him the diagnosis. He probably didn't instantly go, yay! I've been waiting for 80 years to get prostate cancer. No, I'm, I'm sure that wasn't his response. But he was mature enough in the Lord and had been through enough and had been comforted enough from Christ, had been comforted enough through his life and through his, guess what? He went to, to Japan as a missionary right after we dropped two bombs on them. Nobody wanted to go to Japan and be missionaries in Japan after World War II. Him and his wife said, that's where we'd love to go. He knew about comfort. And it didn't come from a false source. It wasn't a, what do you call those? Fugazi, a fake. Um, that's a whole movie. It wasn't a counterfeit. Thank you. It wasn't counterfeit. It was the real thing. Satan's a pervert. He can't create comfort. All he can do is pervert what God does. He's not a creator. All he can do is pervert. So every source of comfort that he has is a perversion. Our next point. This is a long one. Not really, but the, just the title of the point is long. You guys are like, oh no. He will lift you up. He will wash you white as snow. And he will never reject a repentant heart. He will lift you up. He will wash you white as snow. And he will never reject a repentant heart. Thank you. I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 61. We're going to be closing here shortly, so. When we get done, I'm, we're going to do something a little different. Um, I have a song that we're going to play, and I just want us to all just be quiet and listen to this song. It was, it's going to be, it was written from Psalms 51 when David had committed adultery and had this woman's husband sent out to the front lines to hide his sin. 
and have him killed. And then Nathan the prophet come and, and told him what he had done and that he had been seen. And he began to mourn. And he wrote Psalm 51 from that place. And I just want you to hear the, I haven't heard a song that was so beautifully done. And you hear the heart. And, and it's a healthy thing that you're going to see in here. Before that, though, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Listen to this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me. Sound familiar, right? Remember Luke chapter 4, Jesus comes in out of the wilderness from being tempted, and he comes back into Nazareth, his hometown, and he goes into the temple and begins to teach, and, and they give him the scrolls. And he picks up from Isaiah, and he goes straight to this part. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Look at that. There's an end to it. There's an end to it. Let him bring you to that end. Don't jump shit before he says it's time. Don't go for the counterfeit before he lifts you out of it. Amen? He has sent me to tell those who, who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the days of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Isn't that beautiful? He will give beauty for ashes. I love that. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Isn't that what God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted? Amen. Let's look at Psalm 51, verses 16 and 17. This was David. He says, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. Go ahead and please play the, the song. And if you, if you, before we get going too far, we're going to close at this song. If you have something going on, and, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just minister to you about what it is and, and how long it's been. If there has been some mourning that's either you haven't allowed it to happen, let that happen. Or if you've been in a state and it's, you know what, I have, he hasn't come lifting my head. I'm believing that he's going to come today and he's going to bring a blessing because his word says he blesses those who mourn. He's going to come bring you a blessing. He'll turn the beauty from ashes. There'll be a season of joy going forward. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Sacrifices of our God are broken in a contrite heart against you. Restore in me the joy of your salvation. Would you create in me a clean heart, oh God? Restore in me the joy of your salvation. I'd like to encourage you, if there's any, any of you that need to be dismissed, you can be dismissed. If there's any of you folks that feel like, I'd like some prayer, and I'd like to be free and uh, take some steps going forward, I'll be up here, and we'll, we'll, me and my wife will spend some time in prayer with you, and if we could just have that song just uh, maybe repeat for a while, that'd be awesome. You guys are dismissed. Um, if you need prayer, please come forward. We're going to believe God, and um, I don't have all the answers, but I do know who does. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Sacrifices of our God are broken in a contrite heart against you. Restore in me the joy of your salvation. Would you create in me a clean heart, oh God? Restore in me the joy of your salvation.
So you know there will come days again Wrestling not to believe the things you say I am When I've forgotten what's inside and who I'm meant to be I'm reminded what's inside has not forgotten me She started to cry and thought he ain't coming home. She was tired of the lies, tired of the fight, but she didn't want to see him go. She fell on her knees and said, I haven't prayed since I was young. But Lord above, I need a miracle.
We pray for blessings, we pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity, we pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering all the while you hear each spoken need yet love is way too much to give us lesser things cause what if your blessings come through raindrops what if your healing comes through tears what if a thousand sleep nights are what it takes to know you're near what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise we pray for wisdom your voice to hear we cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness. We doubt your love. As if every promise from your word is not enough. And all the while you hear each 
Start 
If grace was a kingdom, I stopped at the gate, thinking I don't deserve to pass through after all the mistakes that I've made. Oh, but I heard a whisper as heaven bent down, said, child, don't you know that the first will be last and the last get a crown and now I'm just a beggar in the presence of a king I wish I could bring so much more but if it's true you use broken things then here I
This prisoner and say to me, son, stop fighting a fight. It's already been won. And I am redeemed. You set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains.
We worship you, Lord. Father, we praise you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you are a loving God. We thank you that you are a God who embraces your children, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you are omnipresent, Lord Jesus. Father God, today would you be in our midst, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We ask you to come and fill your house today, Lord. Would you grab hold of